headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author and host of the Ken Coleman Show, where he talks about your careers and your jobs and anything we have to do with making money is uh, is my co-host today as we're answering your questions about your life and your money. It is a free call at 888-825-5225. And Andrea is with us in New Jersey. Hey, Andrea, what's up? Hi, Papa Dave. Hi, Mr. Coleman. How are you guys doing today? Great. How can we help? Um, so currently I'm a longshoreman, um, and I truly hate what I do. I started it last year. Before that, I worked for an urgent care, hated that too. Um, I think the only thing I really enjoyed most is dealing with people with disabilities. Um, it was a calling for me. I loved what I did, except there wasn't any money in that. So I had to kind of move along. Um, and I just don't like what I do. Like I, I'm a people's person. I'm not with people at all. I'm in a machine like 42 feet in the air and I just don't like it. So I was wondering, should I search for a job that I love that pays more or should I stay there to pay off debt? A job that you love that pays more? Correct. Yeah. Well, it's, but it's both and you don't have to choose. So we stay Why would you in not the, get a job that pays more that you love? Of course you would do that. Well, the job that I work at now pays a lot. I get paid a lot, like 220,000 a year, but it's long days. I work from six in the morning to nine at night. Uh, seven days a week. How much debt do you have? Um, about 35000 20 what? in student loans, six in credit cards, Great. seven in medical bills. What's your payoff date? What, if everything stays um, the same, when are you going to be out of debt? So I should have been out of debt by next year. However, I got injured at work um, at the end of March. So I've been out on workers' comp, and workers' comp doesn't pay a lot. It's about 1400 every two weeks. When do you get back to a normal schedule? Uh, hopefully by October. And so the then you get, September. all right, well, so you're, you're posing the question of, of should I stay where I am and pay off debt or do something I love and make really good money? And it's, it's, it's not a choice. It's, we want to get you out of debt. And while you're uh, looking for something that you love, that you can make really good money in, that's going to take some time. That usually doesn't just appear on a tree somewhere. So we stay put, even though you don't love the longshoreman work. The fact of the matter is you're making really good money. That's going to get you out of debt faster, get you into baby step three quicker, get that fully funded. So there's a timeline based on what you choose. So you got to get qualified, maybe, and then you got to get connected. You got to get started and get moving into this new, new path. So stay put, get out of debt, keep working the baby steps while we are exploring and deciding and getting ready to make that transition. So that's the overview. Here's the thing. You're, um, your level of frustration at work will go down dramatically the harder you work on your exit. Okay. If you just sit around and fume and run the crane, you're just going to fume, right? Correct. And, but if you are actively going, okay, I've got, I, I, I figured it out. There's 17 steps to get where I want to go. That's a pain in the butt. But I'm going to start working those 17 steps, and I can do some of those from this crane, and I can do some of them after I save up $100,000 after I get out of debt and quit. 
uh, or whatever, but at least developing a plan. The not knowing and the ambivalence is much more stressful than even a hard path. Correct. And so I the, think that's more so what it is, is that I don't know what I want to do. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. So you aren't clear, and so you're frustrated. So what we got to do is get you clear. I think the clues for you are the work that you absolutely love before, but now expand your ideas and a vision beyond what it really was. So you loved working with people. Specifically, they had some, was it physical or mental disabilities? Is that what you Both. mentioned? Both. Both. So why? So getting to the why, and I'll just put you on the spot really quick. What was so rewarding about serving that particular people group? Um, it was just helping them. They didn't have a, like they. I was able to give them a voice that they didn't have. Um, so it was. I don't know. It was just helping, like helping. No, you nailed it. Aspect. You just nailed it. That was beautiful. Don't forget that. I'm going to give it to you one word. Okay. I think it's the advocacy side. You were sticking up for standing in the gap for somebody, a people group that most people aren't standing up for, and that's what drew you to that work. Does that sound about right? Yes. Yeah. Actually, 100%. Okay, now good. So here's the deal. So that's a clue that we're going to start with. So now we go up from there and we go, all right, that's the baseline. I need to be in a role where I'm advocating for people who don't have a voice. I want to be the voice of the voiceless. So how do I make $200,000 and more eventually? This is the framework here. So I've got to say, okay, who uh, who are the people that I want to be the voice for? Let's start to get some sp- some some special groups that you go, okay, well, it's over here. Maybe it's the mental disabilities, physical disabilities. Maybe it's somebody else, another people group that you feel drawn to. And you go, who's helping them now? So we start to go look into that world. Who's serving that people group? It, nonprofits, for-profit, what's it look like? Products, services, what is the whole universe like around this type of advocacy work? And now you begin to see, well, there's this professional path, there's this one, and it goes on from there. Are you still tracking with me, Andrea? I am definitely tracking. So now you begin to see things you haven't seen before. And so then you're going to sit down and talk with people who are winning in that space that are making really good money in that product or service lane, okay? And we find Mm -hmm. out what it looks like day in and day out. This is called clarify and verify and then as we pick something we okay now it's going to take this much uh certification or some type of education depending on what's required it's going to take this level of experience and so today's point you may be in that crane for a while to save up to put yourself in a position to then go down but it, this won't, path. it won't seem like long it won't because you because it's part of the plan then rather than okay. just a place to fume okay so what happened so let me much. just tell you at you're an advocate or a uh, a crusader mm-hmm. and um so 30 years ago a bunch of banks crapped on me and i spent the next 30 years pissing them off and taking up and, ta- <laughs> and taking up for the little guy mm-hmm. so i'm a crusader it's what i do i'm an advocate it's what i do for people that regular people that never even stopped and thought that the bank is screwing them Never even thought that Bank of America and SoFi are actually filthy, dirty words. They never even thought about it. And so we started putting that in their brain and showing them how. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be something as, uh, in other words, a crusader or an advocate isn't necessarily someone who simply helps somebody in and out of a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. It could be a much bigger thing than that single act. As a matter of fact, it should be. 
I don't just sit and do budgets one-on-one with people anymore, but that's where I started. That's right. And so um, we can take you there. Hang on. We're going to give you a copy of Ken's book, Paycheck to Purpose, and also a copy of the assessment to take to help you uh, get clear on where you're going. But I think we got a good head start on it. Hey, I'm proud of you. Yes. You're a neat lady. Get after it, girl. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Coleman Ramsey, personality number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose, is my co-host today. Have you ever found yourself saying, one day, one day I'll be able to buy a house, one day I'll be happy in my career, one day I won't have to battle with anxiety, one day I'll get my debt paid off? Hey, listen, you're not going to do anything when you start saying that. That just That's kicking the can. That's all that is. You've got to stop waiting around. Whatever your one day is, you've got to start. That's why we created Smart Conference. It is, oddly enough, a one-day event where we tackle all areas of your life and help you get moving along. Let's get some traction. Let's face it. We could all use that kind of a boost. And you hear from some of the nation's top thought leaders and best-selling authors on each of the subjects. Career, mental health, money, relationships, marriage, leadership. This event is hitting the road and will be coming to Dallas. These are my best speakers, the best people I know to bring. I'll be sitting in the audience and speaking when Rachel Cruz, my own daughter, number one best-selling author, many times over will be speaking. Dr. John Deloney, number one best-selling author, speaking on mental health and mental wellness. Ken Coleman, sitting to my right right now, number one best-selling author, will be speaking on career. Our hottest new Ramsey personalities, George Camel, Christina Ellis, and the space of money. I'm going to be there speaking. And my friends, Craig and Amy Groeschel, pastors at Life Church in Oklahoma City, one of the largest churches in America, will be speaking on marriage. So every subject is covered by some of the best speakers, communicators, thought leaders in these spaces. It's, a, it's the kind of information you need. And a whole day of it, I mean, you're going to, it's like drinking from a fire hose, you know? Go up to a water fountain to get a drink, somebody turns on a fire hose. That's where you're going to go home emotionally tired from learning this much in one day. And it's only $39 for the day because the VIP and Platinum are already sold out. The event is almost sold out. It's August 20th, October 
22nd. Almost had it over there. October 22nd, Saturday, all day long in Dallas, Texas. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash events and get your event passes immediately, if not sooner. This is the thing to do. Get her done right now. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Elizabeth is in Birmingham. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, my husband and I actually filed for Chapter 13 bankruptcy uh, back in May. And, guys, this is a decision that we are regretting right now. Um, at the time, just long story short, we were in uh, a bad financial place earlier this year. I had lost my job, and so um, we were working the baby steps. We were on baby step number two when all this happened. And I think in a panic of realizing that we were down to one income, um, we panicked and um, did some stupid things and got into more debt and then realized that, hey, uh, we got to pay this off. How are we going to do it? We weren't looking at the bigger picture, and so we filed for Chapter 13. Mm. And fast forward to today, we're in a much better place. Uh, I have a great job. My husband's doing well. Mm-hmm. And, guys, we do well every month, except that pesky payment that we have is really cutting into our monthly income. And we were, we're in gazelle mode right now. We're selling everything that we can sell we had a yard sale, and we're doing good, and they're bringing in extra money. But in bankruptcy, you can't, you know, you get that payment, and you got to stick with it. And we are actually, we have an appointment with our bankruptcy attorney later this week to actually see about just getting out of bankruptcy, just canceling it all together, and uh, taking on the task ourselves. And we would love to get y'all's opinion on uh, whether you think we should do this or just keep at it with Chapter 13. Okay. Uh, well, first, let's establish a couple of things. Once the uh, file has been opened on you at the courthouse, that's where the th- phrase comes from, filing bankruptcy. And a, a number has been assigned to you, so you have filed bankruptcy. You cannot unfile bankruptcy. You can voluntarily dismiss a Chapter 13, but if anyone ever asks the question, have you ever filed bankruptcy, the answer for the rest of your life is yes. Okay. Me too, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I filed Chapter 7 in 1988. So, me too. Been there, done that. Uh, And 7 is a lot worse than 13. So, uh, but but that's really a misnomer because right now what you're asking about is the cash flow and what kind of risk and stuff have you got. So, what kind of debts do you have? Our biggest one, guys, we have two car payments. And um, that what our cars were, we owe more on them than they were worth at the time. Now, since we filed, I don't really know the standing. Uh, we also had about twenty five thousand in credit card debt and about six thousand in personal loans, uh, no student loans, and that's all we have at this time. Okay, and what do you owe on the two cars? Uh, the two cars, right around uh, probably thirty thousand dollars each. Okay, and. Um you think they're worth somewhere in that vicinity? Uh, probably a little bit less. Um, probably around, I think we could, in a, it may be more just depending on how the, the market is right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, Dave, probably around twenty six or 27000 at least. Okay. All right. Um, and, and so what do you guys make now? What's your household income now? 
uh, our household income per month net after health insurance taxes and all that, we're looking right around $5,100 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bankruptcy is running. Now, what, what's what's taking, your house payment? Uh, our, we rent and our payment is 1400 a month. Okay. All right. So the way you can kind of analyze this is, um, pretend like you took a, um, a baseball bat and you hit a hornet's nest and you threw the hornet's <laughs> nest in a closet and closed okay. the door. Okay. You're yes, getting sir. ready to open the door. No, Lord. <laughs> All okay. of these people are not mildly pissed. They're going to come after you with everything they got, and you got to have a plan okay. for taking care of every one of them if you're going to open the okay. door. Okay? okay. So you need more information on the cars. Can you get out of these cars? Because you probably need to sell both of them. Uh, yes, sir, we can. Uh, we've actually got a little bit of uh, money from just the gazelle intent of selling everything stashed aside to mm-hmm. where if we needed to pay the difference, we could. And and then you're going to get something to drive for cash. Uh, yes, sir. We'll have okay. to. What was we'll the 6000 The 25000 was credit card debt and the 6000 was what? Uh, personal loans. Okay. To who? Uh, let's see, uh, just lenders in general, um, audio credit, like personal lines of of credit. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're going to be the worst versus credit cards. Okay. Because they're basically bottom feeders (laughs) and they're, 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 they're going to come after you, um, really, really aggressively. So you're going to knock those out really, really fast. The credit card companies are, um, incompetent inefficient so the uh how how aggressively they chase you will take them time Uh, during that time you need to just be on the phone with one at a time of them and get a payment plan going okay if you just start paying them payments most of the time you 99 percent of the time you can shut them up okay 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 but you you can't just ignore them because now they've got you've got no protection because federal bankruptcy filing puts a stay and injunction like telling a dog stay uh, mm-hmm. on all of the creditors they can't touch you they're the hornets in the closet with the door closed when you right. voluntarily dismiss you open the door and right. out come all the hornets so you need yes. a, you need you need you need a bug spray you need uh, fly swatter you need uh, okay. a, a hood with you know on your head or whatever it is whatever metaphor we want to do here to keep all this crap from getting at you right and so yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead and dumping the cars uh, and so forth. All of that will work. By the way, inside the Chapter 13, you can probably get the trustee's permission to do the car deals. Okay. And dump the car deals and get your cars all situated and, you know, pay the payment for one or two more months. All of the payments you're paying is going towards your debts anyway. You're not losing any money by paying payments because you're going to be paying payments after you come out of this. So you're you're still going to have payments, and there's still going to be a bunch of them. Um, you just want to make sure you got a plan. But I, I'm with you. If you can step out of that 13, you probably can manage it more efficiently than you can inside the 13 if you're willing to dump these cars especially. Wow. Lesson learned. Bankruptcy is not something you do impulsively because I'm scared. This is The Ramsey Show.
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. In Phoenix, Arizona, Chris and Andrea are with us. Says on my screen, you guys are debt-free. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, we are. We are officially, completely, 100% never going back into debt-free. I love it. I love it. How much did you pay off? So we paid off the mortgage. That took us uh, about 10 years. It was about 211000 But altogether, from when we first picked up the total money makeover in 2011 to now, it's uh, $267,631. I love it. And uh, what was your range of income during that 10-year period? We ranged between 150 and 250. Cool. What do y'all do for a living? Well, I uh, am a former TV news anchor here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I left uh, in 2018. But that was uh, my career path for many, many years—almost 15 years. And I'm a firefighter in Phoenix. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So, Andrea, do I know you? Yes, we do. Of yes, course, we, we do. do. I thought you so. You know Chris too. In fact, we were. Uh, we visited you as well in 2019, not that long ago. Okay. I thought that was you guys. All right. Yep. Well, congratulations, you guys. Way to go. You did it. What's this house worth? We just yeah. looked it up the other day. It was 670000 wow. Love it. How much in the retirement plans? Uh, just over 800000 Ah, Baby Steps Millionaires. How old are you two? So that was our thing. Is I We had this goal in 2011 that we would be debt-free before Andrea turns 40. She's a little bit older than me. Just a couple months. <laughs> and, uh, Ooh, wow, brave guy. She 40, so 39, and then she's now 40. All right. And your baby steps millionaires. I love it. Yeah, he is a brave guy. He runs into burning buildings, and he just called his wife old. You know? I know, yeah. This is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more wise, actually. <laughs> Whoa, quick around there. Uh-huh. Way to go, you two. Okay, so tell us what started your whole Ramsey journey 10 years ago. So we were we were just normal. We were normal Americans, uh, student loan debt, credit card debt, car debt, and it just seemed like no matter how hard we tried, we just kept falling further and further behind. And I remember driving down the freeway to go to the fire station and uh, used to have this in Phoenix. You had this billboard that said, act your wage, and you were cutting up a credit card. And I thought, what does that mean? So I found your book, and we went through that that total money makeover book and started teaching FPU. And it was just it, like it changed our lives. It changed the way we looked at money. And uh, so that was kind of, I think, the seed we planted. And then we got on the same page as well. We started kind of, um, you know, looking at our future and deciding how we wanted to look and how we wanted to raise kids and what we wanted to teach them. And um, and then also started buying, th- uh, stopped buying things that we uh, couldn't afford and oh. justified it with, you know, we deserved it. We make good money. We yeah. work hard. You know, the whole story that we all tell ourselves and how we all end up getting into debt. Sure. But now with 1.4 million and you're not even 40, you don't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning anymore. No, I don't. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the, I mean, if it wasn't, Dave, it wasn't for finding you. I mean, obviously, your your plan, your book, your your ministry that you you do for all of us. It's if it wasn't for finding you, there, there's so many things that happened along the way that we could have never imagined. Like when the kids got older and Andrea's thinking, you know, I get up at 2.45 in the morning, I never see them, because we had no debt, and because we had a giant emergency fund, she was able to walk away from her job. It was, it was little things along the way that happened that we didn't, like, our goal was always to be debt-free, but there were so many wins along the way by just, you know, not doing stupid things with money. Yeah, yeah. For those of you listening or watching, 
a lot of folks don't realize if you turn on your television at six in the morning and someone is there and bright and chipper and cheery, it's because they've been up since three. <laughs> yep. yep. 2.30 is when I woke up, uh, 15 years of that, Monday through Friday. And I, we were just talking about this the other day. I thought, I, well, actually, we were talking about last night. We had a real late flight getting in. We were on a vacation. And I said, I used to wake up at this time. What in the world? How did I do that for so long? But, you know, you do what you have to do for a while, and now we're well past that, and, uh, you know, life looks better than I think we ever could have imagined it. Yeah, you know, I'm going to turn that uh, statement, uh, that question, into a question for you. Tell folks, how do you stay in it for 10 years to pay your house off? What kept you guys going? Because now you're on the other side of it. You know, I there were there were so many days that were hard, I will say, but we were so we were such a team and we could not have done this if either of us were on a different page. And so I think we just kept that goal of one day we'll, you know, have a paid off house. One day we won't be making decisions um, you know, based on oh well we have to do this job or I have to work here because we have, you know, XYZ um to pay off. And so we just stayed so focused on that. And some days it was so hard, you know, people would make fun of us. And, you know, I, we still drive old cars, but they're nice cars. They're just old. Um, and, you know, now it's just it's such a way of life. Like, I could never imagine living the way we used to live ever again. Amen. The freedom we feel today, nothing can take that away. Yeah, yeah. Way to go, you guys. I'm so proud of you. Man, what a this is wonderful like a moment. We've I've been dreaming about this. I've been listening to your show for 10 years and every time I have like I hear somebody on the radio doing their debt free scream, I would send it to Andrea and be like, "Hey, this is going to be us in, you know, X amount of years or whatever." And it's just it's just kind of sitting in this moment right now. I'm like, I cannot believe we're actually on but we're doing our debt free scream. I just it's just and surreal. It's so surreal. And I will say I got to just add this in here because we have really sat in this the last like month or so since, you know, officially paying off the mortgage. And I told Chris the other day, I said, you know, God, man, he's so good. I said, his math, though, it does not make sense to me because what we paid off in the last um, year, you know, our income has changed significantly with me leaving work. But for some amazing reason, like, he's just amazing because it doesn't add up. What we paid for the principal and how much we were able to pay off in the last year with having less of an income. Um, But, man, when you're faithful and you just keep stewarding it the way we're supposed to steward it and you stay so focused on his way over your way, like, everything changes for the better. Money changes, relationships change, everything gets better. Amen. Amen. It's a different economy than the uh, standard math, for sure. Yes, and it's a better economy, my goodness. Amen. Amen. Well, so proud of you, too. Very, very cool. It's good to hear from you, too. Copy of Baby Steps Millionaires coming your way since you are officially one. Uh, and a copy of a one-year subscription or uh, membership to Financial Peace University. I know you've already been through it, but these are things you can give away and help somebody along the way as you keep talking about having one with this. It's not bragging. Uh, it is testifying. There's a difference. And so also a copy Total Money Makeover for you to give away to somebody. So we're going to give you lots of stuff there to help you out and just to say we're proud of you. Congratulations, my friends. Very, very, very well done. Chris and Andrea, Phoenix, Arizona, 211, no, 267,000 total pay. 
paid off a little over 10 years. House and everything. Baby steps millionaires before they're 40. Making 150 to 250. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. <laughs> this is how it's done. Whoop, whoop. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. See, uh, Ken, you know this, our, our listeners don't, but you and I and the other Ramsey personalities, we have the pleasure of being in studio with a lot of television personalities on the national scale, our friends up at Fox, for instance, and uh, lots of the cities that we go into will be in Phoenix in a few weeks and be doing television there while we're there and hanging out with people and getting, you know, we, we because I've been going into that studio off and on for 20 years, I end up making friends. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the uh, honestly, the funny thing is, I mean, your cameraman, your audio guy, mm-hmm. our gal, uh, the lady r- calling the shots and, you know, calling the camera shots and the uh, anchor in front of you, uh, it's not unusual at all for one of them to start following the stuff we teach. And then they'll give you an update when I when we drop by there the next year or two. Hey, man, I did it. I've been working it for two years. I got out of debt. And uh, some of these folks we've struck up friendships with over the years, and Chris and Andrea are on that list. I'm so proud of you guys. Very, very, very well done. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today open phones at 888-825-5225 cindy's in baton rouge hi cindy how are you hi dave thank you for taking my call sure what's up um we have my husband and i have four hundred and sixty thousand in a money market type account and then we have one hundred and thirty-five thousand in cash and we're to the point of saying what do we do with this we're not making any profit on most of that money and um we took the 460 out of equities and securities because we were losing a lot of money in that and uh that money had come from a home that we sold and because we got an interest rate of 2.5 on a new home uh we went with the 2.5 and put the 460 into securities and equities and uh didn't want to lose it beyond what we put in there so we put it in the money market parked mm. it. what do you owe on your home 366 K okay. um, from 30 years of coaching people how to become wealthy and from doing uh, a study of 10,000 millionaires these are the two sources for my data that tells me the shortest distance between where you are and wealth is two things as a um, consistently funded 401k Roth IRA in good growth stock mutual funds over a long period of time that becomes some money and a paid for house. Our last debt-free scream was a $600,000 
uh, paid for house and eight hundred thousand dollars in their four hundred one k or reverse. I forget which, but it was one point four million dollar net worth. And it was just a few moments ago while you were on hold, you heard it. Yes. Okay. So that is the typical path that we see that is the most often used by people who become millionaires. Now, where does that take us in your situation? It says I would pay off my house today. Because here's what you ended up doing. It wasn't the start of your plan, but the net result of your plan is you borrowed money at 2.35% and invested it at a half a percent. Right? Yes, sir. We were. I know that we wasn't where you, that wasn't what you set out to do, but that's where you ended up, isn't it? It is. I pay off my house today. Advisor. Today. <laughs> By close of business today. Write a check. Okay. Okay. And now you don't have any house payment anymore. How's that feel? Awesome. Because now, I want to retire. <laughs> yeah. And now you got $200,000 in cash that we got to do something better than a stupid money market account with. You need an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses for your short-term emergencies. And, um, I mean, you know, let's call that 50 grand at your house for the fun of it. You've still got 150,000 that you need to do something with other than a stupid, butt savings account. Now, if you put it into some kind of a mix with a stockbroker and you were losing money, I get that. If you put it into good mutual funds and the overall economy slowed down like it is right now, and the value went down, then you didn't have somebody good in your corner to coach you and say, Hey, the only person gets hurt on a roller coaster is those that jump off in the middle of the ride, which is exactly what you did. Now, were you mm-hmm. invested in single stocks? No. You're in we mutual funds. Very diversified. In mutual funds. Some of them were in mutual funds. Okay. Well, what I would do is sit down with a good investment broker, and here's what you're looking for this time. Um and uh, you're looking for someone with the heart of a teacher that teaches you the history of the mutual fund that you're putting the money into. Okay, I'll give you an example. I own one that's over 80 years old. In the 80 years it's been open, fewer than 15 of the those 80 years has have been a down year. So if we happen to have a down year, and I know that, I know that, not my broker knows that, but I know that, then I'm not freaking out. It's kind of like the house that you own in Baton Rouge. If it went down in value this year, you wouldn't freak out because generally speaking, homes in the neighborhood you live in for the past 40 years have gone up in value. Agreed? Agreed. So you wouldn't freak out on one down year and bail out. That's just like that mutual fund I'm describing. I'm not going to freak out in one down year and bail out. But that's all knowledge on your part rather than depending on someone else to tell you what to do and then you get scared because you watch the news. And you never take financial advice from the news. If the commercial breaks where you're watching TV are walk-in bathtubs, gold commercials, and reverse mortgages and Snuggies, that tells you you don't want to take financial advice there. That's just a bad plan. And so uh, here's me looking at you, Fox. But anyway, yeah, so there you go. But the uh, Fox business, right? But uh, I love them. They're wonderful. 
But the commercials are comical. Saturday Night Live. I'm trying so hard. I, I can't hold it in. You're not saying walk-in bathtubs are a bad idea. Just the investment advice. I'm just saying if this is where you get your investment advice. I know what you're advice, saying. I know what you're the, saying. When the commercial breaks or walk-in <laughs> bathtubs and snuggies, then you know you're not getting good. This is this is a bad place. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that was perfect. I'm sorry. That just got me. That was like the church giggle. I couldn't hold it well, any longer. I mean, we've all sat and watched them at the commercial I know breaks, exactly. Right? I know exactly what you're yeah, talking so, about. But, yeah, the, and and we're on there giving financial advice, so what do we know? But anyway, the uh, uh, but you know, you really need to sit with a good broker who has the heart of a teacher. Go to RamseySolutions.com, click on Smart Vester, sit down with them, interview them, and what you're looking for here is, is a type of wisdom not intellect there's a difference there's a lot of very very intellectual ignoramuses out there and that's not in the world in in general that's not what you're looking for you're looking for common sense wisdom that says i bought a mutual fund that for 80 years has only had less than 15 down years so we're having a down year i don't need to panic and that you learn that you internalize that you emotionally swallow that and then it becomes part of your plan and so in that situation, then you invest in good mutual funds in your 401ks and your Roth IRAs and those kinds of things, and you get your house paid for. And that's what I'm going to do with your 150, unless you've got other debts, and then I'm going to clean that up too. So I want you debt-free 100% and investing in good growth stock mutual funds. That is the shortest path, that have long track records that are comfortable to you and that you understand what's going on. You didn't do it because I said do it or because some goob at a financial office said do it. It's because you learned, and your knowledge allows you to sleep at night. You know, Ken, that's the difference between tossing and turning at night mm-hmm. when the stock market's down, Yeah, is whether you made the decision based on knowledge you had mm-hmm. or knowledge someone else had. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, for years, I mean, before I even started working with you, this idea, the roller coaster analogy that you've given, and it's really true. When you look at the data, uh, if you look over the last 30 years, you just got to stay calm and ride this thing out. And I just don't freak out when I see the stock market dip. You know, I say, hey, we keep investing. That's an opportunity. It's going to come back. And, and you're right. Knowledge uh, is what gives us tremendous confidence and confidence the peace. Yeah. And once you really understand that, folks, about the stock market, then when it goes down, you kind of go like, it's on sale. Yeah, we're getting bargained right It's now. a bargain time. Yep. This is a time to buy. Well, we don't really do that either because I'm not going to tell you to time the market. I'm just going to tell you steady invest. Mm-hmm. Steady invest. That's all I have done. I have been tempted at times when the market is down to time it. Yeah. I really, really wish hmm. in 2008 when Uh-oh. the stock market was crashing and the world's coming to an end and it went from 13000 to 6500 I really wish I had put an extra million dollars in. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Dow's sitting at, what, 6X of that. That million wow. today would be worth $6 million. Wow. Because the Dow's, you know, 30,000, over 30,000, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there you go. I mean, that's 5X, 5X of yeah. that. It'd be worth $5 million. Now, ultimately, I did have money in there, and it's mm-hmm. worth 5X. But if you could have timed the market and bought at the po- lowest possible time we've seen in decades then that would have been the time to do it. But who knew when the bottom was? If I had bought it 6500 it would have gone to 6000 <laughs> Well, it's a I'd chance, been, yeah. Then I'd have been pissed I missed the bottom. Not mm-hmm. that I was going to lose money, but because I missed the bottom. So don't try to time the market. People trying to time the market don't win. They really don't. And jumping in and out based on what you hear on the news 
based on whether or not Russia invades Ukraine is really a bad idea. You've got to have a long-term scope on this stuff and ride it out, and that includes having your house paid off, Cindy. So thank you for calling. We appreciate you being in our audience. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? It's your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like Borrowed Future. Not so fun fact, America has a $1.6 trillion student loan crisis, and it's out of control. I'm George Camel, host of the Borrowed Future podcast, where we uncover the underbelly of the student loan industry and show you what you can do about it. It'll inspire you to see that it is possible to avoid student loans and graduate college debt-free. Listen to Borrowed Future wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.